Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we're feeling it. If this is your first time joining us. Welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Feeling It, the podcast where we talk about whether or not we're feeling it. Um, <laughs> that is what we talk about. That is what we talk about. <laughs> there are other things we talk about. replaced by a robot. <laughs> uh, they don't have the speech part worked out yet, but everything else is really impressive about my system. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl, which happened over the weekend, one of the perennial events in American pop culture, as well as um, playlists and the role that they've played in our lives over the years and how to put together the perfect one. So before we start talking about what we're feeling and then get into our main sections, let's introduce ourselves. Sandra, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and who'd you root for in the Super Bowl? My name is Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was rooting for Beyonce to make a special appearance during the convention. <laughs> I was sadly disappointed. Yes. Wow. Well, yeah. How pregnant is she at this point? We don't. I mean, know. she's I'm she's pretty pregnant. Out. But Twice yeah. as pregnant but as she was this time in her previous tri- pregnancy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, they really teased us because. Gaga started like performing telephone her yeah. with Beyonce and I thought it's going to happen. Oh no no, happen. no no no. Guys, we're I getting ahead of ourselves. She's way too pregnant for that. <laughs> she, Lucas, she's going to be um headlining at uh what's the big music festival called? I'm blanking on it. Coachella? Um, Coachella. In April. She's headlining Coachella? Yeah, in April. Is she due before then? We don't know. I think we do. Uh-oh. I think we do. Yeah. I don't think we do. <laughs> no, I, I think we do. I think she has to be. She has to no, be doing before. No, I think she's going to, I th- either she's going to perform it very pregnant or right after giving birth. Yeah, right after giving birth. Yeah, I she'll, give, gonna, my, she'll give okay, birth. Okay, let's make a bet right now, <laughs> Okay, Lucas. okay. I'm betting that it's very pregnant. Okay, well, we I mean, I'm also, very pregnant. I also vote for very pregnant. No, you said you think it's going to be oh, after she Oh, for, for, for performance. I think you meant what she is right now. And I was no, like, well, yeah, I think we're all on board that she's very she pregnant. she performs at Coachella. If no, it, no, no, it, no, 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 well, no, no, no. The bet no. is, does she give birth before or after performing at Coachella? Oh, before, before. Like a couple weeks before. I say after. My guess is two weeks before Coachella. Does she have any other tour dates before that? I don't know that answer. Ah, there we go. The answer is probably no. I'm guessing, making this up as I go. <laughs> I'm saying after, and I'm gonna we're gonna hold each other right. to it when it comes. All right, to here we go. Her only tour here date before that is for a cesarean section. Um, she is performing at the Grammys, I think, next week. I love week. how we're just ignoring all of Lawson's jokes today. Yeah, we're just we're just breezing right. Just past everything them. I say, it's not even just the jokes. It's true. <laughs> anyway, I'm Lucas Wright, a designer from the Bay Area, and I was rooting for the drones at the Super Bowl, for sure. Lady Gaga's drones. Mm-hmm. Those are incredible. And, and her human microphone stand. Oh, that, that was guy so was awesome. <laughs> Guys, we're going to have nothing left to talk about for the Super Bowl section. <laughs> uh, all right, well, my name is Lawson Soward. I'm an art director from Nashville, Tennessee, and I was rooting against the Patriots, so... I had a little bit of a, a flashback of rooting against someone very hard because you disagree with them and thinking everything's in the clear until suddenly it's not. Lawson, was that a reference to the election? Okay, you guys may be surprised by such a hot take coming <laughs> from me. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm surprised no one tweeted about it, but yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah no one about. did. It's crazy. Nope, not a Real crazy. Person. Um, I I learned from my mistakes. I rooted for the Falcons, but I bet on the Patriots. So I won some money? shoes, guys. I won some shoes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. I've never gambled yeah. on a football game or sporting event. Oh, it's just with Rebecca. Me and Rebecca gamble on the on the on the Super Bowl every year. Oh, what a fun marriage, other. guys! I know, right? <laughs> so I won shoes. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Yep. 
Well, seamlessly transitioning into what we're feeling this week, Sandra. Exactly. What is your pick? This week, I'm feeling the new CW show Riverdale, um, based on the characters from the Archie comic books. Yeah, you've been um, looking forward to this for a while. I know, I have, and I finally got to like watch the first two episodes that are out. Um, did either of y'all ever read Archie comics when you were growing up? Every once in a while. So I, I, I loved comics. I read Archie because it was a comic book, and then I realized that it's the exact same story in every single issue, and so I decided that that is not for me. What? I didn't know that. I mean, it's not exactly... I'm being hyperbolic here, so but it's... Right, but what's it? the story? <laughs> no, I don't. I, did, I had no idea. Is it's it like Archie hangs out. Veronica and What's-Her-Face are in love with him. Betty. They fight a lot. Betty. Jughead hangs out. Nothing ever really, like, happens. It's not very progressive. There's not a lot of fighting. I like fighting in my comic books. I like superheroes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not a not lot of physical all. fighting. There's not a lot of, like... There's a lot of verbal fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not into abusive relationships, guys. <laughs> Not my thing. Yeah, so I was obsessed with Archie comic books um, growing up. I read them all the time. I um, really just, I really loved them and the characters. And so, yeah, I was really excited about Riverdale. And I think it's this really, the TV show Riverdale is a really new and interesting take on these characters that we grew up with. Um, The Archie comic books, you know, they're set in a very um, old-fashioned version of America, a very 1950s kind of aesthetic uh, and view of like what American teenagers are like. And this show is really playing with those tropes. I love how this show mixes in those tropes of classic American teenager with this like new edginess of what the modern American teenager is. Um, And I also really love that they're taking this show to like a dark place that the Archie comic books never really did. Um, the Archie comic books were very fun and light and uh, quirky kind of relationship drama. And this is, the show starts off with the murder of a teenager. And the show is very much like a mystery about who killed this teenager and, and what other dark secrets are all these people in this small town hiding. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's super stylized in a way that I love. The writing is really, really fun. The writing reminds me a lot of Gossip Girl. Um, it's just very quick and harsh in the in fun ways. Um, and I really love, like I said, the way that they're reinterpreting some of these characters. A lot of the main characters are, uh, the actors are a different race than the characters were in the comic books. I so love like that. Veronica is played by a Latina actress. You have Reggie, who's played by an Asian actor. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats are all black women. Um, And it's so fun to see all these characters that I grew up with now, just like as these fresh, modern versions of themselves. Um, Yeah, I'm having a ton of fun with it. I'm hoping that a lot more people catch on to like how fun and juicy this show is. So... You might, I, this, this is like a genre that I just have so little knowledge of in the TV world. So what shows would you liken this to? Is this like a Pretty Little Liars type situation or? I never watched Pretty Little Liars, but Mm -hmm. I think it is in the sense that it's, you know, start, it's about like the big mystery is about a murder, you know? And I think that that's Mm -hmm. also the case in Pretty Little Liars. So I think it has that in common. I think Gossip Girl is a lot closer of a a companion to this show because of Mm -hmm. the dialogue and the characters is Um, there a voiceover like in gossip girl there is yes Um, but we know who the voiceover is by the voiceover is done by jughead played by cole sprouse who is delivering an inspired performance as jughead (laughs) um i need more jughead in this show because i'm loving him (laughs) in it i'm glad Um, this is his second life yeah, he's really, really cool. I'm, I'm really excited about it. One thing that this show has in common with the comic books is that Betty and Veronica are the most interesting parts of the show, yet they spend a lot of time focusing on Archie, um, who is, I guess, our protagonist. Although he's much more, I think, a protagonist in the comic books than he is in this show. Um, 
but Betty and Veronica are definitely the most compelling characters on the show. Anytime we're spending time with Archie, I'm kind of like, okay, clock's ticking. Let's get back to the girls. <laughs> um, and they're the, the chemistry between the two actresses is just what I would want out of the chemistry between a Betty and a Veronica, because their relationship is so intriguing. You know, they're best friends, but half the time they're fighting with each other over a guy when it's pretty clear that like their chemistry between each other is far greater than the, than either of their chemistries with Archie. Um, and so it's, yeah, I'm excited to see what this TV show does with it. And they're taking this show a lot racier than the Archie comic books ever were. Um, and in some ways, that's a lot of fun. In other ways, it's a little cliched and I think um, a little unhealthy. One big criticism I have of this show is that it brings back this very tired trope that I really can't stand in teen dramas in which a teacher is having sex with a student. Um, I'm never a fan of that happening. Is that a trope? Yeah, it happens quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and I'm not a fan of it because I get the sex appeal of the teacher-student fantasy. But on a show marketed to teens, I think it's really unhealthy to present a relationship between a 16-year-old and an adult as anything other than, like, super creepy. Um, yeah. yeah. And abusive. And, yeah, exactly. And so... Um, it's only two episodes in so far, this, um, relationship between the teacher and student has kind of toyed with the idea of she's taking advantage of him, but it's also kind of sexy. And I'm hoping that it develops into like a much more progressive storyline, but we'll see. Wouldn't it be great if she went to jail? It, really, really <laughs> it ends with her it going would, to jail. Yeah. I mean, I'm very serious. It definitely would. And if if the show sent her to jail and actually, like, um, you know, kind of dealt with the idea of, like, what a student deals with after they've been kind of, like, abused by an adult in that way, I would give it a round of applause. Knowing the CW, I don't know if that's going to happen. But (laughs) otherwise, I'm really excited about this show. Yeah, that is so cool to hear a show that – because I think a bunch of people, like the teens that are watching CW in that key demographic – uh, may not have been as familiar with Archie Comics. So the fact that they're getting this, what might potentially be an introduction to the entire franchise is really cool. Yeah. That is that is a question. Is, is, is it good as an introduction or do you, do you have to know the history there? I definitely don't think you need to know the history. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, things that if you do know the history, it's fun to know like, oh, this character turns out this way or, or, you know, hearing side characters' names is fun. But there's nothing about this show that requires previous knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's a lot that I'm unfamiliar with because I didn't keep reading Archie comic books into, like, the current years. You know, they still produce right. these comics. And so there are new characters that I'm not familiar with, like Kevin Keller, who was Archie Comics' first, like, openly gay character. And so to have him on this show is really exciting for me as, like, an old fan um, I'm excited to like learn more about what that character's like. So this is a show that I n- never thought I would actually be interested in at all. Um, but the more I've heard people talking about it, it sounds like it actually might be possibly something that I like. So it's definitely one that I'm going to check out for sure. Yeah, Lucas, um, of all the things about the show, I think you'll really appreciate like how stylized it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is something that you would find really fun to watch. Yeah. I keep hearing from people who I wouldn't think would like it say they like it. So (laughs) I'll try it out. Definitely. One thing I could say about this show really quick is that almost every time a scene starts, you kind of start thinking like, oh, this is going to be a dream scene. You know, like how you can kind of feel in a show Mm -hmm. where something doesn't feel quite real and you think, oh, it's going to be a dream. Like it's because it's so outrageous. So yeah. far, it's never been a dream. They're all <laughs> real. <laughs> and so I think that's like such a cool calling card for this show. Sandra, I want to ask you because I now, well, for a while now, but it's just getting more and more confirmed all the time, completely trust your knowledge of things I will and will not like. Do you sure. think this is a show I would like? It's a little early for me to tell you that. Okay. Because I just finished watching Please Like Me, which is a show that you said over and over that I would love. And (laughs) great news, it's amazing, and I loved every second of it. 
Sure. So, I mean, that um, one I recommend without any hesitation. This one, I've only seen two episodes, so it's a little too early to tell. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Keep keep us up to date. I will. Totally. Please do. Thank you so much for your pick, Sandra. Lucas, what are you feeling this week? Well, in the same vein as Sandra, um, or in the same vein as River, Riverdale. I keep wanting to say Rivendell, like <laughs> ugh, Lord gosh. of the Rings. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, in the same vein as Riverdale, I this is another sh- this this show that I watched was one that I did not think would be up my alley at all, and I'm still not sure why I like this show at all. But Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix is really good. <laughs> um, this, I mean, this is basically a show about, it's like a, it's like a suburban, you know, family drama comedy uh, where the mom ends up turning into a zombie. So it's, it's really weird. And I am not one who usually likes zombie things, not a fan of The Walking Dead, even like a cheesy um, CW iZombie not into that at all but for some reason this one i really liked um i think mostly because it it start it follows her becoming a zombie as if it were like alzheimer's or dementia or something like that um as if it's an actual disease that the family is having to deal with um now it's also super funny and there's a lot of hilarious stuff going on and drew drew barrymore is amazing this is one of my favorite Drew Barrymore performances, as well as I always forget how to pronounce his last name, Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant, that's right. Oliphant. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I I always want to say Oppelhound for some reason. <laughs> I have no idea. That's just the, always the first thing. I was like, I know that's not right at all. But it's a lot Oliphant. classier than nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's. He plays villains and serious people a lot. In this, he b- really brings out his comedy chops. He's hilarious. Um, and there are two kid actors, their daughter and then the neighbor boy, um, who are also fantastic. Really, really, really funny. Um, they do a really great job of kind of keeping that family dynamic, the family drama of kind of having to deal with this, and also going for a lot of laughs when you have to, you know, murder somebody to... Uh, feed your mom so it's it's really interesting really weird if you watch the first episode and it's not something you like you're not going to like the rest of the show that's a great barometer for mm. for where you're at um i also hate gory shows and there are some pretty gory scenes in this but they're always played for laughs which helps for me a little bit sure. um but i mean it's a zombie so show she's eating people and you know putting people in the refrigerator and stuff like that so that's what you're gonna get but I, I'm really surprised at how much I like it. I think I, it's, it's, it's one of the few Netflix shows that is definitely like gunning for a season two. Um, it doesn't end in like a cliffhanger or anything like that, but it ends knowing like we're going for a season two. So I'm curious to see if it gets renewed. Yeah. I am excited to start this show, Lucas. I adore Drew Barrymore. I have a huge mm-hmm. crush on her. Um, and from the trailer that I saw, there's that opening scene that's in the main trailer of, you know, they're doing something with body parts, like, out in the desert, and a cop car shows up. You know what yes. I'm talking about? Yes, And in that scene in the trailer, they he, Timothy Oliphant says, act natural. And Drew Barrymore does this, like, smile and a head tilt that yes. has me dying <laughs> laughing every time I watch it. I was sold on the show in just that moment. And so, yeah, I, I can't wait to get this started. There's a lot of great written comedy and a lot of great physical comedy in there as well. Um, and I I think everyone plays it just so smartly. It's so well done. Yeah. I It's one of those shows that I really, really hope I'm able to get past the gore and enjoy because it looks like amazing dark comedy and that Drew Barrymore is amazing. I In the same trailer, I was just so taken with Drew Barrymore. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I can get past the gory stuff like it may be a show that i watch and fast forward every couple minutes yeah the first episode has definitely the most gory scene um but every everything else it's a lot oh yeah i finished it wow i'm done it's it's 10 oh this is the other thing they're 30 minute episodes and there's only 10 of them so it's a really quick watch and each episode is paced really well because of that so um 
but a lot of it is just kind of her holding a bloody arm like that kind of gore like not her like sawing through bone it's not it's it's a lot of like comedy gore which is an oxymoron in my mind but it's that kind of goriness as opposed to um something you'd see on like the walking dead or i mean even stuff like breaking bad and things like that so gotcha yeah but i would i would check it out watch the first episode you'll be good well i'm definitely gonna do it (laughs) well great thank you so much for that pick lucas it sounds awesome i've heard a lot of good things about it glad to hear it from you too um my pick for this week is a song off of sampha's new album called like the piano and it's like parenthetical no one knows me like the piano um are you guys familiar with sampha at all no No, not at all so he has some great credits uh, he's done, he was on, uh, Too Much by Drake. He was on, uh, St. Pablo, the Kanye West track on Alabama, the Frank Ocean track on Endless and on Don't Touch My Hair, um, the Solange track. So like he's in demand by some of the biggest names around today and he's just yeah. insanely, insanely talented. Um, he's done a few, uh, limited releases before, um, but just came out with a, his, a new entire album this past Friday. And the week before that, he dropped uh, his first single from this album, which is like the piano. And I think I listened to that song 40 times last week. Like I just played it so often over and over. It's (laughs) it's an amazing vibe. Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll play a quick clip from it and then talk about it a little bit more. No one knows me like the piano in my mother's home. You will show me I had something, some people call it so. parts in the song he harmonizes with himself over and over and it's this rare space in music right now at least in the music that I've uh, been hearing and listening to that has a a mellow uh, kind of down tempo sound while being tender and peaceful and relaxful relaxing and nostalgic rather than um kind of depressed and forlorn and uh like regretful or all those kinds of different things it just it feels uh you know a lot of stuff in the news and in life in general has been kind of hard and so sometimes i will like crank up some really happy peppy music like 1975 or trance the rapper or somebody (laughs) just to like get myself going and moving and uh that can be really helpful but there's also something so reassuring and real about uh, music that can kind of meet you where you are already without making where you are worse. <laughs> so um, that song has been just uh, ruminating uh, in my in my mind and uh, been one of those things that I kind of sing to myself quietly as I'm walking around uh, a whole, whole lot. And then whenever his whole album came out, um, I was super impressed. It's one of those songs that you can... For me, anyway, I felt like I could tell that based on that one song and his list of credits, like, oh, this guy is great. Like, this album is going to be really <laughs> good. Um, but when the album came out, it just it really didn't disappoint. So um, there's tons of great songs on it. And I kind of felt like, oh, since this is the main single, maybe I should uh, point out a song on the album that wasn't the main single. But this this song is really 
the standout, in my opinion. All of them are incredible. It's a great album uh, to listen through all the way through. But uh, that would be my pick. No one knows nice. about the piano. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to listen to that. Lawson, how I've... do you spell the name of the artist? S-A-M-P-H-A. Ah. Okay, good. I P-H. People would want to know that when they Google it. Yes, yes. yes. No F. Um, cool. Yeah, go check it out and then go re-listen to all the other songs that he's played on and just give some uh, Spotify dollars to him <laughs> by streams and stuff. Uh, yeah, he's he's incredible. I love this song. All right. Well, from a very uh, down-tempo, uh, calming and relaxing foray into pop culture, let's go into a pop culture entry that revolves around people smashing into each other. The Super Bowl was this week. (laughs) Football! Um, Football! Sports ball. Um, So, I don't need us to tell you that the Patriots played the Falcons. Um, I don't know how many of us knew that before the game started, but the Patriots played the Falcons. (laughs) And uh, it was a really, from a sports standpoint, which is something we don't talk about very much because I'm not... Very many of us. I don't think any of us are big sports fans. Uh, Basketball. That's it. Yeah, no. What? NBA. Oh, NBA. That's all I got. There you go. Well, that makes sense because NBA is a great sport. Um, Yep. Basketball is a great sport. Yeah, basketball is a great sport. (laughs) Um, NBA, greatest of sports. (laughs) (laughs) I like it when the NBAs. Um, So (laughs) the Super Bowl was, from a sports standpoint, uh, really incredible. It's one of the biggest comebacks in... It is the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. It's the first time that there's ever been overtime in a Super Bowl. Um, it was just a really, really incredible game and a lot of drama from a sports standpoint. But we all know that the game is about a whole lot more than just that. It's about getting together with friends. It's about uh, the camaraderie. It's about the commercials. It's about the halftime show. So what were the standouts for you guys this year, starting off talking about uh, commercials? Oh, I don't think I paid attention closely enough to commercials to have a standout. The ones I saw didn't really do much for me. Um, and then a lot of times I wasn't paying super close attention to them. So, Lucas? Yeah, I didn't I didn't feel like this was a great year for commercials. I mean, usually I feel like the Super Bowl commercials are very inspiring and exciting. Um, a lot they're usually really funny. This isn't really a funny year, so yeah. <laughs> um, so I I don't think the Super Bowl commercials that I don't think they landed the same way they they would have normally. Um, there, I, I I think there were some funny ones, but for me, probably the best one was the one that wasn't even played during the Super Bowl, but the lumber one. Um, oh, yeah, eighty four lumber. Eighty four lumber. Yeah, um, that was a good little short film. I liked it. I mean, it's like three minutes long, and so it didn't actually play during the the commercial. But uh, I yeah, really it liked like it. Five a lot. minutes. It's I yeah. I was amazed. I think they played a minute and a half of it during oh, the did show. They? Which is I missed it during the show. I didn't end up seeing it during the show, but I yeah. heard about it afterwards. So it was that was really interesting to me because it was so long. Like they paid for such a long amount of time, mm-hmm. uh, and it at the end of it, it just said, "See the rest of the story at blah 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 dot com." And I never do that. Like I think a lot of advertisers try to do that and say like, um, "Hey, here's a you know series and go to this website right. and see the rest of it." And I don't think that translates into clicks very much, but. For, I think a lot of people, almost everybody who saw that, who wasn't um, outraged in equal parts by that commercial and Lady Gaga, um, was prob- <laughs> like, probably clicked and went to that site. And I, I agree. I thought it was great. It was so well made. Speak a, speaking as someone who didn't go and watch the rest of it, um, I even though I'm sure it's great and I'm sure it has a great message, to me it still is just like, no, you don't get to be to be continued in a commercial. That's not how that format works. <laughs> I agreed, yeah. but I didn't even see it as a commercial. Like to me, it was just like a five minute short film. Um, whereas like the who does it like uh, there are other ones that are actually like go watch the next commercial for this. Whereas I just viewed it as a short film as opposed to a commercial especially since i didn't see it as a commercial uh in my head it just never kind of came across like that but i i 100 agree that should not be how commercials are made because it usually doesn't work like that yeah yeah um lawson i am just remembering one commercial that i did really love 
And that was the preview for season two of Stranger Things. Yes. That doesn't count as a commercial. Yeah, it is. I guess it does count as a commercial. It definitely counts. <sighs> but it's it's a trailer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought... trailers are commercials. Yeah. That we was... talked about this last week, and who would have thought we would be getting, we, we definitely didn't guess this, but that we'd be getting a uh, Stranger Things season two trailer at the Super Bowl. That was really exciting. My, the so exciting. The party I was at lit up when that came on screen. That was that was the most exciting thing that happened at the Super Bowl for yeah. me. When it started with that vintage Ego commercial, and you mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on. Uh, it was so, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. And so it's so tantalizing. Like, it comes out in Halloween. Like, it's still yeah. winter. Why are you doing yep. it? Yep. Yep. I'm so ready. Uh, I know. The one that was the worst to me was the Justin... I, if you guys weren't paying attention oh, yeah. as much, maybe you missed it. But there's yeah. a Justin Bieber Justin Bieber commercial that was very flat. And... Yeah. They weren't it, even trying. Jeez. No, and at the end it was like, tweet us your dance moves. And yeah. here's a hashtag. It was yeah. terrible. No, thank you. Yeah, but I agree with you guys. It's was kind of less of a a funny year, and so there was a lot less levity in that, um, mm-hmm. which was a bummer. <laughs> all yeah. in all, yeah, like, I was glad. <laughs> I mean, there was to just so that I can be nothing but a Twitter aggregate on this show. Um, there were a lot of <laughs> tweets about how uh, a lot of tw- uh, commercials might have seemed anti-Trump, but they were just like pro being a decent person Person. or decent company or being you know or like traditional american values and just the fact that i mean so outside of that made it seem like it was contradicting it but yeah if you look at i i I definitely felt that i was like oh these are being very uh divisive right now but i mean if you look at those commercials based on i mean compared to other super bowl commercials like from years past they're very similar like very patriotic very this is like we're so welcoming like america's great and i feel like in the last year we've gotten to this point where like america's great because we're hostile and (laughs) uninviting so (laughs) i could have seen any uh, of those commercials airing in 2002 and everyone liking them exactly exactly so but here we are well i would uh Oh, what's the phrase? Something to say? Wonder to say? Venture to say. That's the word. I would, I would venture to say. I would venture Capital One card to say that uh, <laughs> our favorite part of the show was the halftime show. Uh, Lady Gaga was incredible. It was so, so good. And I... <laughs> the t- she jumped off of sheer objects twice, like, into nothing. Like, you didn't know what was going to happen. And... Just in general, I thought the show was so impressive and so exhilarating. The fact that she had so many hits still left in her roster whenever she walked off the stage was such a testament to how great she was. I hate to break this to you, but the first jump with the drones and all, that whole thing where she was on top of the thing, yeah, that that was all fake. That was pre-recorded. She did not jump off anything. Hey, Lucas. So... But Lucas. those drones, though. Lucas, those shut drones. your face. Lucas, shut your face. <laughs> Don't you tell me that. Don't you tell that to me. Oh, man. So, Sorry. I've got to say I... about this halftime show, I had so much fun watching it. I think Lady Gaga is, like, one of the best pop stars we've had. Um, like, a true professional. She just, like, is so stellar, has so much talent. She, like, turns out, puts on a great show. I will say, though, now that I've had, like, a day to think about it, I'm not, like, as wowed by it as I have been other Super Bowl shows. Um, I think it was, like, really solid. But Mm -hmm. I've got to say I'm a little disappointed that she didn't bring out any other celebrities, that she just did the entire show by herself. I think that's one of, like, the cool things about the Super Bowl is that you have, like, major stars sharing a stage together, um, even though there's, like, one headliner. So the whole time I kept waiting for like someone huge to come out and join her and was a little disappointed that no one ever did. Um, But like I said, she's incredible. She puts out an incredible performance. I just think as a whole, uh, the show didn't like excite me the way that like the Katy Perry or the Beyonce or the Madonna show has in the past. Well, yeah, I mean, Beyonce is arguably the biggest star in the world and she still had two other acts come out with her <laughs> like lady gaga is not a self i mean she is but 
Beyonce and Lady Gaga and Katy Perry are all self-sustaining acts, and the fact that everyone else had other people come in made it seem like this wasn't quite meeting the ante of everything else. I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. I am not a huge fan of, like, mashup stuff like that, um, but I think if there's one place to do it, it is the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, I'd yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be down for, for more of that. More. How about we get JT on there, huh? 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 Little JT. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, little JT I don't think action. JT isn't allowed back on the Super Bowl. I don't think oh, he he's ever definitely is. not. He's <laughs> definitely not. I feel like the Super Bowl is still traumatized from that. We're just now getting to the fact that we can have popular people playing again. Yeah, I know. For a couple years, older, it was like older acts. <laughs> Paul McCartney and Rolling Stones and all these yep, people that yep. are great acts, but we're not like bringing the other half. Acts. Right. Yeah. So, but we're say- back. Even though I had all that criticism, it was a joy mm-hmm. to see something so, so gay happening in the middle of the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that <laughs> is just like, I love that that happens. So I, I'm very pro Lady Gaga as like a major performer at the Super Bowl. And she's a really good performer. I mean, incredible. Like, oh, she yes. did a great job. Yeah. I have no criticism of Gaga. Like, she, yeah. like, gave it her all and didn't falter a bit. Like, she was so amazing. Yep. Yeah. Super Bowl was great. Um, glad we all enjoyed it. Uh, or enjoyed the halftime show, at least. Uh, hopefully, next year. I enjoyed the game, too. It was a great game. First time we went into over, overtime. Yeah. Of every Super Bowl. Can, okay. Can Overall, we talk about how game. the Super Bowl and the NFL is the dumbest uh overtime rules of anything i don't they change them all the time so i don't even know what the rules were this time the rules were if you make a field goal then the other team can try to make a field goal again like the other team gets a chance to make a score another point but if you make a touchdown it's automatically over so it's basically it's sudden death so whoever won the coin toss basically was gonna win the game um that's ridiculous i know like yes the falcons defense wasn't didn't have as much endurance as they could have but that's this is why like so left up the chance this is why agreed this is it (laughs) yeah basketball you just have a certain amount of time whoever wins at the end of that time that's who wins time's up everybody's tied we just keep doing that again so yeah none of this sudden death weird stuff right also you don't have to stop every 15 seconds for a commercial which is i saw I saw a statistic that said the ball was actually only in play for 16 and a half minutes of the whole Super Bowl. Oh, my that, like, gosh. Stuff, that actual football stuff was actually happening. 16 and a half minutes, people. That's not a fun sport to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> okay. Well. Anyway, everyone who loves football has signed off by this point. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so let's talk about playlists. Yeah, we'll go from making plays to making playlists, guys. How about it? Uh, you definitely um, have that one written down. I didn't have that one written down. That was off the top of the dome. Okay, so <laughs> um, playlists I know have meant a lot to me, and I know uh, have had a large effect on forming a lot of people's musical tastes over the years. Um, in the age now of Spotify and playlists that are passed around digitally, uh, the time of mixtapes and mix CDs seems to be behind us, but there's still a lot to be said for what it takes to put together the perfect mix CD, um, and just for the things that mix CDs have done for us in our lives. So we wanted to take a little time to talk about it in general. Um, I thought if y'all are cool with it, we'd start talking about uh, kind of mix CDs back in, I mean, that was high school for all of us. Um, so when you were in high school, were you making mix CDs for people? Were you getting mix CDs? What were what was your mix CD experience? Can we go back to middle school and talk about mixtapes? Oh yeah, <laughs> I wasn't getting mixtapes in middle school. Shoot. So I I did make mixtape and mix mixtapes in middle school based off of recording from the radio. I don't know if you guys did that at all. Oh, I, your, I have a very embarrassing yeah. moment where I really desperately wanted the song "She Will Be Loved." Yes. Uh, from her <laughs> a copy of that and so the only way my brain knew how to do it was to call into the radio show and request it to be played for myself and so <laughs> so that i could record it on tape it was not my final you act moment. like that's embarrassing i have done that more times than <laughs> more times than you know well, it, i would it say it might have been valentine's day so <laughs> <laughs> 
You well, guys are proving all the radio executives' fears right. Just like we can't put <laughs> songs on the radio, people will steal them and never pay for them. Exactly. There were so many times where I was like, "Oh, I want that song. Let me call and I'll, I'll call tomorrow." I'd like plan it. I'd be yeah. like, "I'll call tomorrow because they just played it just now, so I can't call right now." I'll call tomorrow. Be ready. Have my tape ready to exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. So then I'd mix those together. Man, the the audio quality just declined so so bad. <laughs> With it was every terrible. pass. Exactly. But yeah, so then I'd then I'd mix them together into the perfect mixtape. So it was great. Great experience. Uh MP3s and CDs uh really took the cake on that for sure. Yeah. Were you doing those Gosh. for yourself or were you passing those out to friends? Oh no, that was all me. All me. Nice. Everyone else everyone else bought music. I did not. <laughs> I think no the, one else was recording on tapes. <laughs> I think the only audio cassette I ever owned was the Macarena single, which had oh a techno remix on the other side of the tape. Like, I did not own tapes. Jeez, tapes were my jam, for sure. I mean, they're coming back. They're selling them at Urban Outfitters and stuff. That, That's a terrible idea. It really I is. Get, it's a bad I audio get, format. I get records with the good audio quality and everything like that, but tapes are terrible in all forms. It's I, just the nostalgia thing, which is terrible. I agree. Let's stop talking about them all together and start talking about CDs. Yes. <laughs> all right. High school. Mixtapes. Go. High school. So whenever I was in high school, all of the good music that I listened was because people burned me mixed CDs. And I don't know where they found their good music, but I'm so glad that they did because... From other people with mixed CDs. Well, that's probably true. And it was also Morpheus and Kazaa and Napster and all those things. But well, that's true. <laughs> it made for this weird phenomenon where I would have a song that I completely loved and I had no idea what it was called and I had no idea who it was by. Or I would think I knew who it was by, but it was by a different band. And it was just yes. like, yeah, it made it so mixed up. So I would have a song <laughs> by, you know, starting line that I thought was by Thursday or something like that. And like, why can't I find this online? Like, because that's by a different band. Um, <laughs> but... It would also lead to songs that, or I would have like almost every song from an album, except for like two or three songs, because no one had given those to me on a mixtape. And yep. so I would like try to ask around to my friends, like, does anyone have this song? Um, which is <laughs> And no that, one did, because everybody just had mixtapes. I know, which is something that nothing happens now, or would never happen <laughs> now, but uh, it's just so funny. It was like trading stocks back in the day. It's so true. I have, I still, to this day, have almost the entire album of No Strings Attached by NSYNC. Oh. Don't have the whole thing because <laughs> never got it all on a mixtape. Oh, man. Digital Get Down. Was that on that album or was that on, yeah, that was that album. No clue because I don't know any of the names of the songs except for Bye Bye Bye. <laughs> There's a Super Bowl tie-in. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I didn't get big into mix CDs until college when I started going on road trips. Um, mm. When I was having to spend, I my college was um, nine hours away from my hometown. So every time I went home for the holiday or anything, it was a long drive. And myself, my friends would always make tons of mix CDs for like those long drives or any kind of road trips I would take with college friends. That's where like... I feel like my music tastes came to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, kind of thing to sort through is where these different mixtapes or mix CDs were for. Because I feel like a, there's a road trip mixtape. There's a yep. somebody you're dating mixtape. There's a, oh, I need to give you a music, musical education mixtape. And all of those are formatted completely differently. Correct. Correct. So how would you formulate a road trip mixtape that would honestly depend on the length of the road trip so and the time of year yes because a lot of my road trips happened in the summer and i like very specific summer vibes for a summer road trip cd um so i would have in my car um cds called like summer one summer two summer three and it would be like <laughs> six cds of all like my summer music yes now it's so true seasonally appropriate mixtapes are Huge. Like, I, one of our closest friends here, Hannah, is incredible at mixtapes and makes different mixtapes for every season of the year, almost, and will, like, make custom album artwork for it and this whole thing, and they're incredible. And the arcs, like, it'll take her months to put these together, and the arcs that the uh, musical tempos will take, 
but from totally different artists and stuff are are breathtaking. If I'm if I was going on a road trip, a lot of times what I would try to do is get albums where you couldn't tell that they were starting over, like that. Sec, the last song would sound like a great song to come before the first song kind of thing. But mm-hmm. you can also... I'm always so impressed by people who are able to put together mixtapes that feel like a complete journey, like that feel like an album unto itself. No, I definitely I definitely think that, kind of like what you were saying, like having it be a cyclical kind of playlist that can that can just continue to play over and over again works really well for any anything in the summer. Because not only for road trips, but I think summer specifically... I always had a CD that was just on either, you know, playing in the car or playing on a portable CD player, a boom box, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I, I, in, uh, in high school, I would go to a, like a summer camp. Um, and so all, every year. And so before that I would put together a bunch of CDs cause I didn't want to take my entire CD binder with me. So I would put together <laughs> some binders. mixes for the summer. And so I'd have like, like you Sandra, I'd have like, you know, six CDs that would, all right, this is what I'm listening to this summer. Right. And that's it. Um, and I think that really, one of the things I don't do as much anymore is listen to the same music over and over and over and over again. Um, oh, buddy. Because that's great. Because I'm so saturated with new music. Right. I can just listen to an album and be like, I really liked that. Now there's eight other albums in the list that I still have to listen to. And so when you have this mixtape that you are really, I mean, you're limited to, let's say, like 30 songs, you really get to know that music and you start to listen to it in different ways, really like you should, like music is supposed to be done. Um, That's really interesting. That's something that I miss a lot. I really, you know, I miss playlists for me as a function of, like marking where I was at that point in time, mm-hmm. kind of like what you're saying, Lucas. A lot totally. of my playlists that I made in college weren't like these crafted journeys that you know you took place in 15 songs. They were playlists of like, here are all the singles I'm really into in August of 2010. You know, right? And so, right. I would have like throughout college, like August 2010. September 2010, October 2010. And I would just have a new playlist every month of every month of college. And it's cool to like go back to that and see like, oh, these were the 10 or 12 songs I was obsessed with that month. So it's um, like, yeah. now that's what I call Sandra's music. Exactly. <laughs> Volume 1 through 12. Right. <laughs> it's an interesting thing because like, a lot of the songs don't flow together. Like sure. when you look at it, like I have a playlist that's called, I'm looking at it right now, it's called Summer 2006. And it's got uh, System of a Down, U2, and Backstreet Boys all on <laughs> the same album. And it's so it's, it's not something that really flows well together at all, but <laughs> that's what I was listening to at that point in time. Yeah. And so that's just the collection of it. Yeah. Oh, did any of you, did you guys have anything, any MP3 players pre iPod? Like, oh, yeah. I, I never had an iPod. Oh, nice. Yeah, I yeah. had an iRiver. What Wait, did you have? iPods Ever? were for rich people. So I, like, <laughs> I always had Walmart brand MP3 players <laughs> that held 73 songs. Oh, man. They were like, it was like already a USB. So, like, there was no cords involved. You would just, like, take the USB out of the power part and plug it into your computer and, like, take off 20 songs and put on, you know, another 20, and then that was my MP3 player. Yeah, I had, like, 13 songs on an iRiver. An iRiver? Yeah, I loved it. It was, like, a uh, triangular prism, and it had, it was powered by one AA battery, and I would, like, take it with me in whenever I was playing football or whenever I was going on a run. It was, like, my exercise things i did i couldn't run around with a disc man so it was the first time i could ever run with music yeah i had a i think it was called a zen i had a zen um guys these are pronounced yeah. zune and they were not good <laughs> yeah not a zune a zen no no no, no. De- definitely know, not a zune was, a zen i was making a joke which is how you know it's a good joke that i just explained it so you're definitely zen, definitely <laughs> a zen it had a radio built into it like an fm radio as well right but mm. but you could record digitally from the radio to the Zen. So oh, that's a I great moved, feature. I moved up in the world from recording to tapes to recording straight onto my MP3 player. <laughs> you guys remember there was one uh, iPod Nano that had 
radio in it, but they only ever did it once. Oh, I do not remember that at all. They used to have like a new iPod Nano every year, and one of them could pick up the radio. And I remember being like, that's what I want to get. And then the next year it was gone, and I never... I never got it, but yeah. You needed the radio at that point in your life? I mean, I wanted it. I wanted to listen to NPR. <laughs> Just kidding. I did not listen to NPR. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that is a bummer, though. Now that I think about it, like, there are so many good like that it feels silly to complain about that because I'm sure I could just download the NPR app and it would be fine but I love the idea of being able to get like tuner radio on your iPhone like on the one thing where you listen to everything now that I'm thinking about it that way I, I'm sure you can yeah. is there not an app I was gonna say that? there's gotta be apps out there that'll <laughs> all right that'll give that to you if any, if any <laughs> of you listeners have made it this far and you know of an app just let me know because I'm not gonna google that Okay. Yeah, what is the best radio app? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's move into like how we use playlists nowadays. Um, right. Yes. Are we all Spotify users, I'm assuming? We are. We, we are. are all Spotify users. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the most common way like to make shareable playlists with people. Um, I know that for me, I make playlists for myself every now and then, but the, my biggest use of playlists on Spotify is for like a party. I host. I feel like my my roommate and I host quite a bit of parties, and so each party needs its own like specific playlist of music that's current on that day or that fits the theme of that party. So if it's someone's birthday, you want to have music that they particularly love, or if it's Halloween, you want to have a good mixture of like dancing music and spooky music. Um, that's my biggest use of them right now. Yeah, playlists have evolved. They're like a totally different thing now that you have services like Spotify with any song in the world and you can just drag and drop and curate. Um, I'm so blown away by the like daily mixes that Spotify puts together or like the discover weekly lists. Sure. It's so, I mean, I don't keep up with it as often as a lot of people I know. Like a lot of times the music that I talk about on here is because, um, somebody at work or one of my friends will have, listen to something on their week discover weekly and it just really is an earworm and so they pass it along um but i there are people <laughs> it seems exhausting to me to keep up with that so much and be like oh i have a new favorite band this week like i don't know how people keep up with that many concerts and stuff but just the fact that there is now an infrastructure that does what radio used to do like it used to be a place where you could discover new music and where now it's mostly a top 40 vehicle is incredible so like i'm super thankful that spotify does that um but yeah like playlists for parties are huge the fact that you can make a road trip playlist now that last as long as the road trip no matter if you're driving all the way across the country or five minutes away is incredible and uh I love the. Have you guys used the running feature with Spotify playlists? Listen, I have I once. Not a yeah, that runs. You have. <laughs> we've had conversations about using a treadmill before. Do you think I run on it? <laughs> Wait, what do you do on the treadmill you if you don't walk run on it? A brisk oh. walk. What? What are you ninety? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am ninety. Oh my gosh. Um. I made an assumption there, and I apologize for making an assumption about your life without asking about it properly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I I have used the running feature. I think it's so it's, cool. It's amazing. Yeah. It's magic. It really is magic. The <laughs> fact that it keeps up with your heart, it helps me run faster. Like, it helps me mm -hmm. keep pace. Because that was always the thing that happened to me before, is I would try to curate a running playlist, but then there would inevitably be a song by, you know, brand new or somebody where it starts off slow and then hits really fast so that yeah. that's like i would so start running faster when it hits but in the meantime i'm the just place. dying mm -hmm. um and that helps so does it. how does it how does the the magic of that playlist work like the running playlist how does that actually work it determines your pace um as you run and then translates that into a beats per minute and it has an index of the beats per minute of um songs that you all the songs. have listened of all the songs but also songs yep. that you've listened to or songs that you want to base a playlist off of and mm -hmm. then it will curate a playlist based on that many beats per minute uh that you can change as you are running so if you yeah. want to reset your beats per minute reset your pace you can but it'll keep you going at a, a constant click 
which I think that's what so I cool. assumed, but I'd never actually looked into it. So I was just like, hey, this is working. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is cool. Oh, man. Yeah. But I also love um, collaborative playlists. Oh, go for it. Yeah. So, so collaborative playlists. Do you have one that you contribute to with other people? Well, speaking of, we have the Feeling It playlist where any songs that we recommend on this podcast, we put it on that playlist. And that is a collaborative playlist that the three of us are collaborating on. Seamless so, plug. Yeah, very seamless plug. Thank you. What kind of what kind of playlist would you call that though? Because that's not a that's not a curated like listening flow. This is a list of songs well, that we all like. That's like a recommendation. So like there there are playlists that are curated for listening one after the other, and then there are playlists that are more of like like a collection, like the feeling it one is. Or, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times, like, some of my favorite TV shows will have a playlist of every song that appears on that TV show. And so... I love those. Yeah. Those, those are, are the not, best. like, meant to... You know, it's not necessarily meant to listen to in order. Um, it's more of a collection of all the songs that have been featured. So that if, you know, you hear a song on the TV show, you can just go to the playlist and know where to find it. Or if you're just feeling but that if show, you just listen to them all. I was going to say, if it's a great show... It works really well as just I'm gonna listen to everything on this show. Sure. Uh, any anything by, oh my gosh, what's his name? The guy, the guy who does all the best songs in all of his shows. You know what? I, you know who I'm talking about. Are we talking about <laughs> Josh Schwartz? Is a show, yeah, Josh Schwartz. A yes, you yeah. got it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. nailed Gossip it. Yeah, Girl, all of Josh Schwartz shows. Um, yep. Yeah. Chuck. Um, Hill. What else has he done? Yep. Yeah, he nails it on yeah. any show he's working on. The songs on there are killer. Right. Another so. show I would recommend. That's an impressive poll. Yeah, no, his shows are amazing. Or his music yeah. on his shows are amazing. Um, You're the Worst has really great music on it. Oh, my God, As, yes. That so is does, true. I think Girls has pretty great music, Um, at least the early seasons especially. Um, mm-hmm. But um, You're the Worst is my like latest I listen to. Oh, and Please Like Me, I think, also has really excellent music. I was just about to say. Oh, yes, sorry. I Did we just agree. steal it? <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> the only reason I know is because of you. Um, but, yeah, music on TV shows is so good now. I love that they have those list playlists out there. And and most, if, if it's not like, if it's not, somebody's made it. Somebody has, always, has already made a yeah. playlist for every single tv show that's out there which is great it's really nice um can i talk about one of my favorite playlists that i have on spotify it is um the so y'all know the 538 kind of website where they do statistics Mm -hmm. and measurements and all those kind of things yeah they once did a poll about uh songs played at weddings and they created a list of the top 200 songs played at weddings um, and I took that list and made it into a Spotify playlist. And let me tell you, I love wedding music. I love big hit singles that everyone knows the words to. Um, Build Me Up Buttercup, a lot of Michael Jackson, a lot of Whitney Houston. Um, it's it's a fun time. I My friend and I painted the outside of our house one weekend, and I just had wedding music playing the entire time. And it was quite a fun <laughs> time. That sounds awesome. Another thing that I've loved is sometimes if you go to a really, like, a place where you love the music, and it's not just, like, generic music, but feels like someone really put a lot of effort into it, it'll be because that place made a specific playlist for their store, like, for their coffee shop or for their lobby or whatever it is. And I've been able to, a lot of people, I've, or several people that I've talked to have been able to do this. Um, you just go up and ask what the playlist is, and then you can listen to that over and over. There was this hotel um, in Marfa, Texas, that had an incredible playlist, and it was just kind of like Simon and Garfunkel and very easy listening. It sounded like it could have been uh, a Wes Anderson movie soundtrack, and it was just so chill and great, and asked what it was, downloaded it, and now I listen to it at work all the time. So... Um, that's love, great. Yeah, I love it. That's available. I also love mashing up uh, al- artists uh, that I really like, like their whole discography, mashing them up in a way that I enjoy. Like uh, mm-hmm. I have a Frank Ocean playlist called Strawberry Blonde, which is uh, Channel Orange and Blonde mashed up together uh, in a way that flows together, and I love doing that. I love making Kanye mashups. 
I love doing... I have a playlist called Featuring Justin Vernon, which is just every song where Justin Vernon <laughs> sings, but it's not a Bonnie Bear track. Wonderful. Yeah. They're all great. So, like, I, I love that Spotify allows you to consolidate all this stuff and listen to it in one place i was just gonna say do you guys share your spotify playlists with other people like specifically yeah so i really love um one thing that has sort of like slowly started happening between my dad and i and more so my dad and my brother is that my dad has spotify and so he is interested in like having us make playlists for him um, you know, we curate a playlist specifically of music that we think is like current, but that my dad might also like. And then he listens to it and gets to like learn about new music that like wasn't made when he was in high school. And then he can yeah. do the same for us and kind of like show us music that he loves that we didn't grow up with. Um, so that's been kind of a fun bonding experiment. It's great. Do you guys have any playlists that are like for, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. So like, I was listening to a You Made It Weird episode where Pete was talking about how he would watch certain movies to help get himself into a certain mood. Are there any playlists that you have that are specifically designed for if you need to do something or you want to feel a certain way? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I have one playlist of songs that I listen to when I'm on an airplane. Um, oh, nice. so wow. Like, that's very specific. <laughs> it's kind of like it like they're very like um, techno songs um, or mm-hmm. what's the what's the other word for techno? That's like electronic. No, dubstep. 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 Yeah. Dubstep. So it's yeah. Like, it's several kind of dubstep songs that have like this like really fast piercing beat. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm on an airplane, my ears start popping a lot and listening to that music like totally distracts me from any like ear popping or like a bumpy plane ride or people that are like being obnoxious around me um it's so intense of a music that it really like kind of drowns out everything happening around me and kind of calms me down yeah interesting yeah i have a playlist called get shit done that is like shifting into overdrive for me sure so like if i'm working and i have to get like go really really fast whether it's stuff around the house or stuff at work it's like if i plug that in then i can get something done in half the time it feels like a lot of yeah i have that same playlist <laughs> yeah i i have that exact same thing that i that i put on but it's nick jonas and halsey and <laughs> I <love that>. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> i don't think i knew that you liked halsey oh yeah oh, oh yeah for sure yes i like I like most music, which is <laughs> fun but weird because it's got to be different. Like, I got to be in the right mood for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. Looking at my playlist right now, and I forgot that there's one that I really love, um, and it's curated by Stephen Thompson from the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast. He put together this playlist of 192 songs, and it's called Songs for Editing. And it's mostly instrumental music that he listens to while he's like, I don't know if he's like editing work, like articles he's written or, or, you know, whatever you're doing anytime where it's like, you're kind of working, but you can't listen to like lyrical music because that's too distracting. Um, this is a great playlist for that. I also recommended it to my mom to play in her library because I figure, you know, you want to have something on, but again, you don't want to have pop music on in the library. Right. Um, right. It's a mixture of energizing and soothing, um, but it's never too intense, um, but it's mostly instrumental, and it's really, really good. It's, like, very modern. It's not just, like, Mozart. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely I'll definitely use that. I'll send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also love that you can take, like, the way that Spotify is put together with playlists. If you don't like one song on an album, you can just take it off and then just play the playlist instead of the album every time. Or if you have an album that it's really easy to go to sleep to, except there's one or two songs that get kind of loud. You can just get those albums out and then go to sleep to it every night. It's so effortless. I mean, I feel like I'm talking about generalities of apps versus physical media in general. Like, it's all the touch of your fingers. But, like, it makes it so much more accessible and really has helped. Like, Lucas, you talked about how you used to listen to songs a lot more intentionally like listen to them over and over because mm-hmm. of the limitations of it i feel like i listen to songs 
over and over more now because I'm able to curate it down to exactly what I want um, and just really, really soak in those particular songs and that particular music. That's really interesting. I feel like for me, I just because there's new music, there's so much new music coming out every single week that I'm like, oh, I have to experience this and I have to experience this and I have to try this out as opposed to just going back and sitting in the playlist that I've already made that I yeah. already like. Well, I'm <laughs> that way with TV. Kind of, like TV and music, yeah. I'm like, oh, I have to catch up and do the new thing or whatever. Uh, I never go back and like I used to rewatch Scrubs all the time and like all my favorite shows I would watch over and over. And now the only mm-hmm. thing I do that with is 30 Rock and everything else. It's like catching up and trying to get the yep. new thing. But you're always behind. I am always behind, but musically, I'm always streets ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, are there any final thoughts that you want to talk about when it comes to playlists? If you have a good one, you should send it to us. That's yeah, my final definitely. thought. Yeah, I, I want some good playlists. I really do want to want to hear some stuff. Or yeah, we've arrived at the reason we made this the subject for today. <laughs> we want your best playlists send us music to us. Either ones you've made or ones you've heard about. You know, like I said, Spotify is also great because of like the pre-made playlists on Spotify are we haven't talked a lot about them, but they're really exceptional. Um and I don't explore Mm -hmm. them enough. So if there's one in particular that you think just really does it for you, um let us know which one it is. Absolutely. And if you are not a Spotify user and you've experienced good playlists on another platform and have some convincing reasons why. The format wars are not over yet. Send us your favorite uh, playlist. We are really looking forward to getting some new music and getting some new vibes into our lives. Um, feel free to follow us on Twitter at feelingitpod or leave us a review on iTunes. We always really appreciate that. Or follow us on any other social media. We are pretty much out there. If you can put a slash and then feeling it pod on it, we're probably accessible. Um, as for us individually around and let people know where they can find you online. Sandra? I'm Sandra Amstutz on all social media platforms. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find me at Lucas and Stuff on Twitter. You can find me at Lawson West uh, on pretty much anything. So thank you guys so much for listening. Happy to have you with us and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 